Good morning and welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We're a spiritual community dedicated to the free search for truth and meaning, and we're very glad that you are here. If you are a visitor with us this morning, welcome. If you have been visiting with us for a long time, and you feel that this is your spiritual home, everyone in this room would be delighted if you were to decide to join this congregation. It involves taking a class or speaking with the minister and signing the membership book. We come from a long heritage, dating back to the days of the early Christian church. The heritage that we come from teaches that there's a spark of the divine in every person. It is as part of that heritage that I say to you, let us greet the holy in our midst by turning to the person to the right and left of you and welcoming them here this morning. If ever you start to wonder what you're doing here, you can remember that every Sunday we say together, we gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. In an article in Paste magazine, one of my favorite Southern writers, Kay Gibbons, says this in an interview. Being a Southern writer is a hazardous inheritance that too often measure, reassures us that the world is listening with intent and need for our messages, when it should be our reminder that we're generally hollering entertainment from the bottom of a well, and getting it right requires sending up water some force of living that people can use to treat one another better. So whenever I preach to you, I'm trying to send up some water, some something you can use. Uh, the text of this sermon is from a book called The Secret Life of Bees by a woman named Sue Monk Kidd. In this book, it's 1964 in the South. And a 16-year-old white girl named Lily runs away from her abusive father. Sorry to be talking about an abusive father on Father's Day. <laughs> when most of y'all are just wonderful, and we appreciate you very much. Anyway, she runs away from hers, accompanied by Rosaline, a black woman who helped Lily's father raise her from the age of four after Lily's mother was shot. Maybe by the father... Maybe by Lily. We don't know. One of the only things Lily has of her mother's is a piece of paper with a picture of a black Madonna on it. The words Tiburon, South Carolina, are printed on the paper. So with this paper in hand and the picture of the Madonna, Lily and Rosaline head for Tiburon. There they find out that the picture is a label from a jar of honey made by a beekeeper named August, who lives in a great big pink house with her sisters, May and June. And the sisters take in their runaways. Lily is talking. You've heard this once before, read beautifully by Nell. I hadn't been out to the hives before, 
So to start off, August gave me a lesson in what she called bee yard etiquette. She reminded me that the world was really one big bee yard, and the same rules worked fine in both places. Don't be afraid, as no life-loving bee wants to sting you. Still, don't be an idiot. Wear long sleeves and long pants. Don't swat. Don't even think about swatting. If you feel angry, whistle. Anger agitates, while whistling melts a bee's temper. Act like you know what you're doing, even if you don't. Above all, send the bees love, because every little thing wants to be loved. I think of the church as a hive, sometimes. We have all kinds of work to do to make the honey of spiritual growth, intellectual exploration, and right relationships. Compassion, love, challenge, clarity, community. These things are so sweet. And they take so much work. In a hive of bees, I don't know if you know this, everyone has a job. Wax making, honey production, the gathering of nectar, which pollinates our crops and flowers, the queen who lays all the eggs. There are even nurse bees who tend the babies. There's a beekeeping project in the inner city of Chicago. Inner, uh, urban beekeeping is growing in popularity. And one visitor who wrote a magazine article about this bee project in Chicago, she wrote an article about her experience. I stood just a few feet from the hives as the young men jiggled the bees from the supers and extracted the honey. The air around me sizzled. I stood as still as I could, willing myself not to flinch. Terror and awe were one as I stood in the eye of the swarm, perfectly still. The term ecstasy makes some uneasy because of hallucinogenic and sexual connotations, but its root word, ecstasis, means to stand out of yourself. When the air sizzled, it was easy to forget myself, to slip out of my own worries, and to realize that I was a small, vulnerable part of something much larger than myself, It was a relief, if only for a few moments. It was like remembering to inhale deeply after a series of shallow breaths. After being so focused on the bees, I could see everything else more clearly. Is this part of the gift the bees give to their keepers, an opportunity to come out of themselves, to turn away from what they've done and remember what they could be, to be, if nothing else, ecstatic? As I watched the beekeepers work, they would periodically break off small bits of honeycomb that grew along the rims of the supers. After checking for bees, they'd suck the honey from the comb. We do this for energy, Michael Thompson said, but we also do it to remember why we're here. She said, I'd read in The Secret Life of Bees that I should continually send love toward the bees and exercise their own fears. I tried to do these things, but still I got stung. When I was sitting on the concrete, jotting down notes, a bee landed on my knee and dug in. It hurts, I said, cringing, as a beekeeper gently brushed the dying bee off my leg. Yeah, he said, we try to avoid it. No one can be in community for long without doing the work, without tasting the sweetness, without feeling the sting. I used to be really scared of bees. 
when I was a little girl, I almost jumped out of a moving car because there was a bee on the window next to me in the seats. All I remember, and I remember it vividly even today, is that there was this enormous black blotch that was buzzing right by my ear, and I really did feel that I would rather hit the pavement at 60 miles an hour than stay any longer next to this thing that was terrifying me. Unfortunately, my mother saw what I was doing and reached back into the back seat and grabbed me before I, before I hit the pavement. But um, this is how panic thinks. The dread of being stung and the outrage of having been stung can make us flail around in our community when flailing around is the last thing we should do. August the beekeeper said, don't be afraid. As no life-loving bee wants to sting you, still don't be an idiot. Wear long sleeves and long pants and don't swat. So don't be afraid. Most people don't want to sting you. Most people in community do not want to hurt other people, and some people do sting anyway just because they weren't thinking or because they were moving too fast or because they were in pain or scared. Still, don't be an idiot. Know that people will sometimes sting, so protect yourself reasonably. If someone is always getting on your last nerve, Perhaps it's because you are wearing that last nerve right on the surface. Wear long sleeves and long pants. Wear a hat. Don't swat. Some people come into a church with the most hopeful part of themselves, and they hope that it will be an experience out of the normal, out of of the normal world. And in many ways it is. And yet, we're still all human beings. And we make mistakes. At our house, we're allowed three mistakes a day. I don't know how many you're allowed in your house. But three is usually plenty. But some days, it gets worse than that. I've heard people say so often, I get this kind of thing at work. I don't need it at church. Like, I know. (laughs) And honey, we're trying. Here's what I take don't swap to mean. If you're in a situation where things are getting scary... Try to stand still. Imagine that everyone involved thinks that they're doing the right thing. And imagine that they have good intentions or that they soon will. (laughs) Try not to strike out at one another, especially by email. I had a wonderful trainer when I was learning to be a pastoral counselor, and he would say, Meg, don't just do something, stand there. There's a time when you don't know what to do, you don't have to do anything. You can just stand there. 
I found another website researching this sermon called What Everyone Needs to Know About Bee Stings. And I read, bee stings are a normal part of life in the country and a normal part of working with bees. Many people enjoy bees and consider the occasional sting to be the price we pay for the pleasure of their company, for having them pollinate our food crops, and for providing us with honey. And this is true for community, too, for one that's a good fit for us. Um, the occasional sting is the price we pay for the pleasure of one another's company. And if you're in a religious community where you just get stung every single day, I've been to some funerals, for example, where someone I loved was singled out on the front row at their mom's funeral saying, you, uh, because you're gay, are never going to see your mother again in heaven. Yeah, that's the kind of thing I think, you know, that happens more, more than once. Uh, how many times do you need to get stung before you think, maybe this is not the best fit for me. But um, so an occasional sting, yes, I'm not saying you have to put up with it every single day. Oh, removing the stinger as quickly as possible, this website says, reduces the amount of venom injected and reduces the effect. Okay, when we hold on to the stinger, when we replay the incident in our mind, it gives us more time to inject venom into the system. Can you think of one healthy reason to let that happen? Do you know what it means to hold on to the stinger? Have you ever done that? Where the pain is kind of delicious and the drama is very sweet. And... Uh, you have this stinger in you, and you go, look. <laughs> it's always very telling who you go like this to, because some of your friends are very practical, and they're going to see both sides, which is such a pain. <laughs> and some friends are just going to be on your side. And so you go, oh, can you believe what he did? Can you believe what she said? And then I said this, and then she said this. And it's very satisfying when your friend goes, oh, no, she did not. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. But if we do it for too long, we can get stuck, and the venom just keeps going in. So you may want to remove the stinger as quickly as possible. The other thing the website said is stay calm because most ill effects from bee stings don't come from the sting itself. They come from the panic that follows. That's when most people get hurt. Panic and anxiety multiply the pain and can result in serious secondary accidents. And panic by the person involved can result in a systemic reaction in itself. Yes, again, yes. Um, panic and anxiety can make anything worse, and they really hardly ever make anything better. Now, some of you are not going to hear anything I say after this because you're going to be thinking about instances in which panic could make something better. <laughs> I'm like that, too. I understand. This church has been through a lot of change in the last three years. You've had 
pain and sorrow and anger and nobility, different difficult conversations. You've had change, you've had joy, you've had renewal. You are an amazing group of people. Everybody thinks so. An amazing group of people, and you've done a lot of work, and you've actually done the work that was suggested to you to do, which has amazed people from coast to coast. (laughs) Because almost everyone can count on one hand the number of churches who do what they've been recommended to do. But you have. And now you are not only surviving, but thriving and moving toward the future with hope and peace. And this takes intention, and it takes hard work. And it demands a lot from everyone. I think it is already a good story to tell. And it looks like it's going to keep getting better. Now go in peace and remember the way of the wind and breathe and blow. Remember the way of the fire and sparkle and glitter and glow. Remember the way of the water and ebb and flow. Remember the way of the earth and grow. This is a presentation of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, visit our website at www.austinuu.org.